0: What is your profession? I'm a potter, sir. And you, Arcadian, what is your profession? Sculptor, sir. Sculptor. And you? Blacksmith. Spartans! What is your profession? <laughs> high atop the Rocky Mountains, it's the Barbarian Prophet. Just want to say a quick thanks to 300 for loaning me just a small piece of what our discussion is today. Welcome back, tribe, to the Barbarian Prophet, and I've got to tell you, today is a very exciting day because we're actually having a tribe gathering at my house, so you guys will probably get an onslaught of interviews with people that I deeply admire and I would call my family, for starters. But it's even more than that, that we are all sunk deep into following Christ, no matter what. We are all servants of the King. Today, I have one of the best worshipers I know, (laughs) Miss Carissa Smith. So hi, Carissa. Hello. Welcome to 5150. You know, our, our elevation here in Casper, Wyoming is 5,150 feet. And you know what 5150 means? No. Insane person. It that is a police call in California that says they're dealing with a criminally insane human being. And that is why my entire city is nuts.
1: That's hilarious.
0: It is, right? So uh rest of the story goes. <clears throat> so uh you have been living in Wyoming how long now?
1: That's an excellent question. I think You just summer, have to go
0: how many years have I been married?
1: I know, that's what I was trying to think. <laughs> i'm pretty sure don't
0: listen to this part
1: four years four years yeah yeah. (laughs) because i was thinking yeah four years
0: so you've been here four years and uh it takes a while to get into rhythm with this state doesn't it it does and but you know the other thing is i'll say that you are definitely a part of this area this region and the reason i say that is because i have watched you go from working with this to where you won't be anywhere else you yeah, you are sure. sunk deep into this state yeah. and and for several different reasons yeah but the lord told you at some point you were headed to wyoming or the rocky mountains anyway right mm-hmm. yeah. so, so what does that look like
1: oh i don't i honestly don't even remember when that shift happened i just knew that i was not supposed to be in florida you know? Right. So
0: now you were part of a pretty big church down there.
1: Yeah. You were about a thousand members.
0: Yeah. And you had a pretty big worship team mm-hmm. and you were a young person on that worship team. I was. About How old were you when you started on that worship team? I think I was 20. You were 20. Yeah. You Yeah. That is that's pretty young. And yeah. so tell me, what did that look like to worship in front of a thousand people? I mean, did you ever really care?
1: Um, it was, it was interesting because when I began, um, leading worship, I was not in front, I was in the choir. And Uh so, um, back in the choir, I, I remember the transition was my relationship with the Lord was developing. And so I had this, um, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous right now. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, feel stuck in my chest. But anyway, uh, I, um, when I started worshiping, I, I wanted to be in front because I had led, I've led worship since I was 11 years old.
0: Yeah. That's more where I was <laughs> headed. Cause that's when you said 20. I was like, man, I, yeah. I think you've done worship more than oh, that. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. But so I did you children's you were-
1: ministry worship from the time I was 11. Right. So I, I was in front of large crowds when, when we had VBS, we had like 400 kids. So I was leading 400 kids in worship from the time I was like 12, 13, I believe was the first year that I did it myself. Like I was the leader of the children's ministry worship team right. for VBS and regular children's ministry.
0: Wow. 13.
1: Yeah. And wow. my, the funny thing is that my dad was the one who said, Oh no, this year Carissa's is going to do it. Because he had been children's pastor for two years at that point, And he's like, nope, you're supposed to be the one to lead worship. And at the time, I had always been the side person. I'd always been on the dance team or whatever, the worship team.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But i had never really been in charge or led anything. And for my dad, he saw that in me. And he was like, this is something that you need to do. You need to be brought out to the front. And so, um, yeah, that's when I began. And then... It from there, it just progressed,
0: so so what are uh when you take a look at music uh what kind of music do you try to select when you're doing that? I mean you've been doing this for a while now, so when If you're picking a song, do you pick? Do you let Holy Spirit pick? How does it end up working for you? Because you've done worship even in your own home where you just take off and you start worshiping.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's um, it's been a progression of maturity. Like, I think all things in the Lord are. And it started out where I just chose, chose songs that I liked. Oh, right. I like the sound of this. And oh, that makes me feel this way. And oh, I feel closest to God when I sing this way. But the, the more that I, um, develop with the Lord or walk with the Lord,
2: mm-hmm.
1: the more I am concerned about what he wants. And something that hit me in that interview that you sent me. Mm -hmm. was that
0: it tell the interview who was that
1: um i don't know how to say her last name
0: Uh, she plays for bethel yeah stephanie 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 i don't know how to say her last name either but it starts with
1: a g and i love some of her songs are one of my favorite some of my favorite songs but she she just gets right into the presence and one thing that she said that really hit me was do we even ask
0: grit singer i do remember it okay yeah, Thank I you. just had to think for a minute. Stephanie Gritzinger. Yeah. I always
1: butcher it, so I never want to say. Oh no,
0: no, you're okay. I'm Not hanging a- out with Germans nowadays, so I get to learn things <laughs> like that. Gritzinger, like, yeah, sauce. Okay. <laughs>
1: but one thing that she said was, "Do we even ask him what songs he likes? Right. You know, do we even say, you know, Holy Spirit, Jesus, Father God, what what songs do you want to hear today? Mm-hmm. What, what 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 will bless your heart today? Is the song Eve, is it about him? Are we singing, you know, um, just about his attributes or what we can do for him, or is the song something that touches his heart and blesses him? Right. And that that is the biggest thing that I was noticing in worship this past week at my church. Just having that in the forefront of your mind going from a song that you can feel the presence of God, like leaning towards you. You can feel him hovering over the room because he so enjoys, he inhabits the praises of his people. And so he is inhabiting, you can feel him leaning in like he's enjoying the presence. He's enjoying the praise. Right. And then you can feel him sit back. Right. Almost like pull away from, he's like, oh, well now you're singing a song about you. And then when you go back to that thing that that grabs his heart, it's not that he doesn't enjoy his children singing; he does, right? But it's this um, act of we're we are touching the, the heart of the king,
0: right? Well, you know, when, when you touch on that uh, Psalm 22, uh, that is one of the things that when David was writing all of those, because that quote you just gave with Psalm 22 verse three. Mm-hmm. and and one of the things that happens there is that uh you know and another one is is uh, uh when the people called by my name will humble themselves mm-hmm. and pray you yeah. know when we when we start taking a look at that it is about preparing our hearts to serve him Mm-hmm. Right, we yeah. we sometimes forget. We get singing about how much he's done for us. Us, we have a tendency, or at least what I have seen in churches, to where we celebrate so much about what he's done for us, which isn't a bad thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But is it a God thing? And we celebrate so much that the next thing we go, are we here to minister to the Lord for this short period of time, mm-hmm. or are we here ministering to ourselves? To reassure ourselves, and mm-hmm. you know, humility is a very, very tough thing. But I, I, you know, that's one thing that uh, I've admired about several worship leaders is when you see that one that truly walks in a humility before the Lord, and just everything you just described about how you approach it mm-hmm. and how you do that is one thing I've always admired about you is that you just surrender yourself into the moment and. Uh, What I would speak out over your life right now, just so you can listen to this podcast, you know, listen to this podcast, Carissa, this one.
2: Yeah, I know, I know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On your way back and forth to work (laughs) is that, um, you know, you have to realize is that when we there there's a piece in uh the passion translation and i'm trying to i'm not calling up the address right now but there's a piece in there that says worship until you become the worship
2: mm, yeah
0: and you know if we truly would step into worship and i'm not just talking about singing i'm talking about the whole thing until we literally become it mm. that is resting in the father mm. that is the invitation of the son That is the direction of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the other thing is praying until you become the prayer. Mm. You know, we have this tendency that we, uh, and this is something we teach within the tribe, is soaking, right? Mm -hmm. Soaking. So explain soaking to us.
1: I think that really I think all worship should be soaking, where it's just you still the inside of yourself, you still your mind and your heart, and you focus on the Lord. And you focus on his presence and you focus on whatever he's trying to say to you. It's it's an opportunity for him to speak to you and for you to be quiet and just to minister, have him minister to you. But you minister to him as well in your stillness and in allowing him to speak and have a voice in your life.
0: Be still and know that I am God. Yeah. So now let's let's bounce on to the other end of this is so when you when you start selecting music, you say you've matured over time. Mm -hmm, So so how do you feel? Where do you feel you're at right now in this current place?
1: Right now, yeah,
0: like uh, not just here. Like I'm, I'm pushing your boundaries right at this point of your life, aren't you yeah, know? For sure, I, I for am. Sure. <laughs> that's part of that's part of being Bert's friend. Yeah, you know, it's good. One, one of the things I found funny that you said to me one time was, uh, you know, it always amazes me, Bert. That you say, do it, and everybody says, okay, let's do that.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's
2: true.
0: <laughs> That's having a prophetic gifting. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> this is the direction we need to go. And everybody goes, do we ever falter in it? When we head, when, yeah. we, when we pursue after what Christ has said, hey, go this way, and we all start to pursue it, do we not see change lives and change things all the way around, yeah. especially within us?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, going back to the songs that remind us what God has done for
0: yeah, us. Yeah, let's do that.
1: Because I, I do think that there is a place for those songs. And mm. because it reminds us, there's a point where we forget. We're like the sheep that go astray, each of us our own way, right. <laughs> you know? Right, right. And,
0: Prodigal sons. <laughs>
1: that's right. And I feel like those songs that remind us are supposed to focus our hearts and focus our minds back on the goodness of God, back on his character, back on his His person and his faithfulness. And once once we come back to that place, then out of that place, we're able to worship. But those kind of songs, like you said, can't control the entire environment. Right. We can't stay there. If we're staying at, oh god, you've done this for me, you've done this for me, then we're we're getting into that prideful or or it's all about me stage, which worship should never it it just can't. It can't be that. Right. Because we're like you said, coming to minister to the heart of God. Um but in in song selection, I would say I I'm still not I I don't feel that I'm fully there yet. I I'm going to get there. But I think it's yielding to the Holy Spirit and saying, Holy Spirit, what is it that you want to release in hmm. this room? What do you what do you want to release over us? And um I wrote something the other day that I thought I would read, but um
0: while you're digging for that. Oh, you got it. Go I ahead. I got it. Yeah.
1: So, uh, knowing Jesus is the best form of inspiring worship. Seeing his face is the purpose of praise. Touching his heart is the pursuit of worship. What songs does he enjoy hearing? What music is his favorite? And I just feel like that's the whole purpose. If the whole purpose is to experience him, what is going to draw him in? What does he want to hear? And so, um... I just, I feel like there are so many opportunities for us to touch the heart of God, but we don't know how to engage with Him because we live in such a, I want to say, static environment where it's, you know, unless someone is here with us right now, like, well, like us in this room, we don't know how to engage in the supernatural. We don't know how to, we don't know how to, Open our hearts to just receive, and learning that I think is a process we all have to walk through.
0: Right, I, I would agree that. So, you know, as we go along, developing—that's part of what we're meeting about today—is to start to go. What are we seeing for our future? Uh, we're living in a world that you—I think you probably tagged it better than I've heard tagged at all—is we're living in a world full of static. Yeah. to where what is happening with uh, everything is just background noise. I mean, everything, oh. even even in within the church system.
1: There's so much.
0: That everything, there's people in combat. There's just all this garbage, really. It's yeah. just garbage.
1: And we get it from social media to YouTube to TV shows. There's so many things. To, that
0: to uh, talk shows and to podcasts.
1: podcasts. <laughs> Uh, but there's so many things that fill our mind. And I, I've been amazed because over the last two years, the Lord has started to weed me out, weed some of those things out of me to where I'm not going them for, to them for my entertainment or my, you know, Oh, I have a spare minute. Let me watch this thing on YouTube or let me go to this and listen and listen and filling your head with all these things. And when, when you take a step back, from all the noise, it is amazing how clear the voice of God becomes. Amen. Because all of those things are speaking subliminal messages that are soaking into your brain, whether or not you realize it. The music, the, the, um, the podcasts, the shows, whatever, they all have messages that are just being saturated into your mind as you let it continue to come in. And when you just step away even if you step away for just a day or two days, the voice of God and the supernatural becomes suddenly so very clear and real. That static disturbs all of that noise. It just becomes a constant noise so that you're not able to receive as easily.
0: Right. I, I wouldn't disagree with any of that. And, and you know, one of the things... When we start to take a look at uh, static within, the, why do we need this static going on? Uh, you know, I'm th- I think back to a horror movie of the 1980s that I did not watch, but just a few minutes of it. Because even as a pagan, I hated scary shows. It's so stupid.
1: I hate scary shows, too. <laughs> there was
0: a movie called Poltergeist.
1: I've heard of it and I've okay. never seen and
0: it. There, and there was a scene in that movie, and everybody right now is like, oh, I remember that show. And there was a scene where the little girl is looking at the TV and there's nothing but static behind her and there's people trying to talk to her through it, right? Pretty horrifying, correct? Ugh. So the whole thing is, though, is when you say that about the static of the world, the demonic is trying to call, is calling you out mm. in the static.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Okay? And you know, one of the things that, um, that I I appreciate where you're where you're at with this right now is because as I try to start to develop things here and we had Mark Crawford on and we had Tony Patera on which are two fan and Gwinnett which are three very fantastic uh very prophetic people and and understanding that there are prophets and you know the funny thing was at my church the other day I showed them in the book of Acts where there was people that were called prophets in the first few chapters and they're like oh yeah I've never seen that before I say yeah ain't that crazy mm-hmm. so the whole thing is though is that they point prophets point a direction yeah they don't tell you the future they mm-hmm. point a direction the Lord says hey everybody's going going to the left and everybody says, okay, let's go left. And then he says, Hey, we're going up and over that mountain. You're like, Oh, that mountain don't look fun. Let's, let's do it. But we're in a, we're in a season right now where the church is really, truly being attacked. Mm -hmm. But there's also, we're seeing the church and this is going to be super offensive to some people, but we're seeing huge sections of the church surrender
1: and not to Christ
0: and not to Christ. Yeah. They're surrendering to uh, political thought processes and they're surrendering to their own ambitions. And, uh, you know, I I just really do think uh, what Mark Crawford had to say the other day about the Orthodox Church coming together with the Charismatic Church. And there's more to it. I mean, there's another one. We haven't even figured out who it is, but there's a third one and i'm i'm praying that lord'll just show me and put that person in our path mm-hmm. and uh it, then um sorry he just <laughs> you know how that works um so uh as he starts to show us some things uh that we uh just prepare our hearts but i think the greatest thing that we could do for battle is worship
1: yeah for su- for sure yeah
0: I mean, because you know, God's saying everything into existence. Yeah, you know, I love when the Jews tell you that they they say, "Oh, He didn't speak. He didn't." That's why you Christians got it wrong. He didn't speak it into existence. He sang it. That's why our, that's why we sing the Torah. And I was like,
1: that blows my mind. (laughs) I love it.
0: Yeah, but that is because song is mathematical. Wow. And math is always a truth. Two plus two will always be four. Three plus two will always be five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and then how do we end up even looking at the strain of our DNA? Not to go, this is a me and a Mike Bingle Davis story, but when we start taking a look, then when you take a look at that math, every the DNA of everything is bell. Based on that math. And they did a really cool thing here years ago. And I'm totally off topic. But they did a really cool thing here years ago. Where they took all the DNA strands of things. Like a lion. Or they took a DNA strand from a rabbit. And a musician said. Hey let me put that to music. So he took the. He took and converted the math into notes. And when he started playing it. The rabbit sounded like a scurrying rabbit. And the lion sounded very aggressive. Because it's just in our When we say it's in our DNA, it's how God created us. Wow. That's why you're who you are and created in the way that you are supposed to be, that you have a natural ability, Carissa, that when you sing, that you destroy darkness in a room. And it's because you allow just what you've said, you allow Christ to just start to flow through you, to push his Holy Spirit right on through you and to just shatter the darkness of a room. And when we do that at our church, every time we're done doing it, yeah, it gets crazy afterwards,
1: oh yeah, for sure, and you know what's funny is last week at church the um thing that i I prayed at our Sunday school, and I welcomed in the Holy Spirit, welcomed in Jesus, and welcomed in the Father, and as I did, I actually had a vision of Holy Spirit coming in kind of like um it's very hard to describe because I've never seen anything like it, mm-hmm. but it was like a wind, but it had like flecks in it mm-hmm. that shimmered in rainbow colors mm-hmm. when he came in. And of course, Jesus came in a form of a man and he walked, he just kind of walked in
2: mm-hmm.
1: more, more structured than Holy Spirit, which right. was like this wispy. And then the father, I I prayed, father, breathe on us. And when he when he breathed on us, it was that same spirit, you know, that same colorful, like light that just kind of shot out, and I saw it creating things. But it makes sense to me that it would that it's music because of the way that it moves. Mm-hmm. Because words are very, like, I want to say, static, or they're just very um, choppy. You yep. know, yep. they have a beginning and an end. Yep, and they just dot 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 dot. But music is wave, you know. And, and when you watch, um, when you watch light waves and you watch things like that, you you can Key see. Key thing you
0: got right there is the light because Jesus is the light.
1: Yeah, and and so you see that that music. It is that that when you sing it is a wave it's a constant it doesn't there is a beginning and an end but between there is a movement right. and so the fact that the the breath of god is a movement and the word of god is a is a motion makes so much sense to me and it makes me excited because then i'm like hey I can do that, <laughs> right? You know, like we talk about speaking, and oh, you need to speak the word, and you need to declare the word over your life, and and sometimes I feel like there's a beginning and an end to it. You say what you need to say, but with music, the spontaneous, the prayers that can come out of music, and the and the de- declarations that can come out of music are something that are continuous. They don't, they're, they're a movement, a, a pushing. And, um, like, I, I, just think of, like, I sing a hallelujah. Mm-hmm. That song birthed out of their prayer for a dying child. Right. And then out, out of that comes a movement. Then everyone's singing it because it's this, this push against the darkness right. that, that creates life and well, creates
0: they started the note and then it kept a wave going literally around yeah. the world with that song. Yes. And you know, <clears throat> Mark Clark often says that uh, you know when when we love a song it's because it had an effect on us. Oh yeah. And he says so we're constantly trying to recreate it and in which he is correct. And but I'm thinking as you're talking right here the reason it has an effect on us cuz we're supposed to pass it on. Mm. We're supposed to gather that, boom, and we're that next wave. Yeah. Okay. Make it
1: continuous. Yeah. To yeah. make it
0: make it flow. So now I'm gonna compare it with some crazy stuff. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm ready. Okay, so the liturgy. Kay. Which I love. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. And bear in mind you don't go to a liturgical church. I do not. Except for when you're with me. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You go to a non denominational church. Yes. And uh which we It's
1: great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's wonderful. Right, But I just love, I love the liturgy because it flows. There is a, mo- it's a movement yeah. of its own. It's, it has a life well, and it flows.
0: When I first started into all of this is it has always been, I pray. I, I have a rhythm to my voice and I have a way that I speak mm-hmm. and I speak the liturgy And uh, I go through all the prayers and the forgiveness, et cetera. And then when I traveled, uh, I've traveled now a couple of times. One's to an Anglican church, and the other one was to uh, our own, the NALC's uh, gathering of pastors. Uh, And when we did, they, they did the liturgy, and I heard it for the first time, like really heard it, like the way it was supposed to be done. I've heard it. But all of a sudden, what I heard was uh, David Wendell step up and start to sing the prayers.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And 300 pastors respond in song. Mm. And I was like, whoa, whoa, what is happening here? Yeah. And it changed the whole atmosphere of of the room that when they went through that, that it just, it ignited all of their hearts. And yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah. So when I was with the Anglicans, you know, and they were doing that uh, in uh, out in uh, Pennsylvania, they would do that. But most of the people did not quite know how to respond. But then I started listening to a couple of different things that they would do to try to help the, the group. Uh, they had this one very young uh, pastor, and she said, uh, I want all of the women to do this section and all of the men to do this section mm-hmm. and just getting men and women's voices. It didn't matter whether you were good at speaking, good yeah. at singing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those two combinations bouncing back and forth. You could definitely feel the spirit in the room yeah,
1: yeah.
0: moving because you know, it was his creation mm-hmm. man and woman yeah. working together uh, in his voice. And it was just amazing. And I I think that we're headed towards this time to where the liturgy and, uh, the chrismata, the, the charismatic, they, it's going to collide. It's the great convergence, you know, and that's, you and I've been talking about this for a while. You've even been drawn to the word convergence.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Last Which,
0: last time you were here, you're like, I need to see that movie Convergence oh, yeah. again, and I, I said okay, and then it was not what you were looking for. I could see it in your face. Yeah,
1: no, it wasn't.
0: It, it because you're like, that is not what I'm looking mm-hmm. for, and I think that what we're talking about right now is a convergence word that is hitting your brain.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah, I and like going back to um, what you said about her, she instructed them. This is how you're supposed to respond. Right. I think that's so important because oftentimes those of us who have walked with the Lord for a long time or or have a lot of experience in church, we don't remember what it was like the first time that we came into a worship service, the first time we raised our hands or knelt down or danced or, or sang louder than we ever have before. So we just go, come on, guys. Get with it. <laughs> like, why aren't you responding to the presence of God? He's here. And, um, I think it's, it's something that we, we miss of like, this is how you can respond or do this. Right. And when people, um, when people are given permission, hey, it's okay for you to raise your hands, even if it's about waist high. Or it's okay for you to sing loud, even if you don't have the best singing voice. God wants to hear your voice, and that's who you're singing for. But just bringing that to light allows people to engage with God in a way that they have not before been able to, or, or allowed themselves to, because, oh, well, I don't sing very well and I'm not very musically inclined and I don't have any rhythm. So I'm not going to dance. I'm not going to clap. I'm not going to sing because I, you, they put all these limitations on their ability instead of being like, Hey, you know what? I don't care if you clap a beat off, who cares? Just you are expressing your heart towards God.
0: I'm going to tell you two of the most incredible things I ever saw for worship. Okay. And I've been around a lot of worshipers, man. I've been around people that are professional singers, the whole nine yards. And it's always been awesome. But uh, there was a, I'm going to call out his name. I don't even know if he's still alive. Are you ready? His name was Thomas cross and he was a Methodist preacher. Okay. And I know, I know he isn't around here anymore. And he was this, and there's several people this ago. I remember Thomas, right? But he had, uh, he had an incredible desire for the Holy spirit. I mean, he just was filled with him and I'm like, huh, you're, you're a Methodist pastor. This is very interesting. But he preached with fire, man. I mean, when he would preach. And uh, so uh, here was the deal. We are at this huge gathering and there's probably 3,000 men. It's a men's gathering. Okay. There's 3,000 men up at the event center and they start playing music and he is down front. And when he starts Doing this whole little dance routine that he had. He was the most awkward looking person I had ever seen dance in my life. I'm like, oh my gosh, he, every white gene in that man is fully alive right now. And
2: I love it. <laughs> it
0: was the most beautiful thing I ever seen because yeah. he did not care about what anybody thought yeah. or anything else. He was dancing for the Lord and yeah. he was praising him. With all his might. Yeah. And the second one was I was uh, I was teaching a class at a um, at a school of prophets, and during the course of that, what ended up happening is we have uh, the Grusendorf's are playing their incredible musicians and they're playing and they are singing and they have this wonderful song going. It's so wonderful I can't even remember the name of it. <laughs> So they have this wonderful song going and all of a sudden there is this super flat voice that just starts raising and singing. And I'm like, who is making that noise? I mean, I literally stop what I'm doing in the back of the room Mm. and I'm kind of looking around. I'm like, where is it? I thought somebody was mocking them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, what is going on? And as I look around, I see this little gal. She's all about Four foot eleven, no joke. and uh, she is worshiping God, head to toe. yeah, she was 20 foot tall in that moment. Mm-hmm. and as he was pouring through her, her she did not care what her voice sounded like to anybody else yeah. because she was giving over every little fiber of her being into God. into the full Trinity, into surrendering yourself into every aspect, saying, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Jesus, my love will never, ever be more greater than it is because you love me. Mm -hmm. And that the Father has created me for this moment. And you could see it in her to where it literally reduced me to tears watching her. And I was like, wow, if I was ashamed that i even thought something that she didn't have the right voice because it's not about the right voice it's about the right heart
1: yeah for sure
0: in both of those people
1: yeah yeah i've told i've told at least two people i said don't care about what you look what you look like when you worship god because nobody's going to be looking at you more than likely, I'll be somewhere doing something way crazier than you've ever thought of doing.
2: <laughs>
0: and it
1: gave them both a lot of peace. They're like, Oh,
0: thank oh, good. Yeah. Thank goodness it's yeah. for you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah. Cause uh, yeah, talking to him. I mean, there's a point where you have to decide. A decision has to be made inside of inside of you. Are you going to let fear control you? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to yield to Holy Spirit, right? And um, I think there, and there's always a, a a little bit of like, oh well, you know, order in the church and all of that. But it, and I think the Holy Spirit is orderly. He doesn't really, I mean, he he does things to make us uncomfortable, but he never does things out of order.
0: Right, and it all it always depends on the church building you're in. I, yeah. have, I have one reaction to the Holy Spirit in uh, my Lutheran church as I do at completely different at Potter's yeah. House.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: You know, because yeah. what is acceptable in one place may not be in the other, but the Lord de- never ever caused a distraction where you're yeah. the focus. Mm-hmm. He should be the focus.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And when you're with a bunch of people that worship the way very so very free mm-hmm. uh, in their worship that way, then there is no, um, yeah, yeah, you just kind of fade away, man. Yeah, <laughs> you are, exactly. It, it ain't it ain't about you; it's about him.
1: That's right. And I do think though that fear plays a lot into uh, a lot of, a lot of areas, but right. in in the area of worship, that a lot of people are just afraid. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't even know if we truly understand what we're afraid of, you know, if, if we know, Oh, well, I'm, I'm nervous about the people around me and what they'll think if I raise my hands in this church right? or if, if they're afraid of actually experiencing God, right? you know, and experiencing his presence and his power. I know that for me, that has been a fear that I'm like, I'm going to get this close. But I'm going to stop right here. Right? Because you kind of you scare me. <laughs> right. Which I in some ways I think that's a little it's healthy but it's also uh, something that retracts right. from holds me back from experiencing the fullness of God.
0: Well, you know in in one of those things is that um I would wonder if uh our fear uh it, or, or what does cause fear to start to rise up in us when i have do i have fear of how people are going to react to me so that's an un, an unnatural fear of man mm-hmm. or do i have a fear that i am not good enough for god cuz that's against his word yeah i i think our greatest fear is mm-hmm. freedom we talk about it for day sure. and night hey man sure. we'll kill you if you tell us we ain't got it yeah. i mean we will go to war yeah but at the end of the day what does Freedom truly look like. True, that's how, uh, go.
1: That's a good question. I think. I think that freedom is scary because all the boundaries that have held us in place. You know, oh, this is how I structure my life mm-hmm. with these boundaries. Freedom means no boundaries. Right. You know, it means being led by the spirit. Right, and a lot of times that is terrifying because we are we have that slave mentality mm-hmm. in our heads we are a slave to whatever and actually coming out of that is extremely scary mm-hmm. because um i just what i'm seeing in my head is jesus walking on the water he's defying all boundaries of nature right and then he calls peter out and i have even seen him call me out in visions before he says come out here with me and Outside of the boat, what you have learned or know to be safe it, it, out there with the Lord right where really faith and trust in him is the only thing that keeps you
2: afloat.
0: right? right Because it doesn't have anything to do with your life structure. you know the way the boat is in that uh, uh, the boat is all those things that you have nailed together. Yeah. And that you have put into motion, and that you like, okay, and I have the right rudder and I have a good oar and I have all these things that help me get through life. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and says, hey, I need you to get out of all the things that make you Abandon comfortable it. and yeah. come pursue me. And not only that, I'm going to pursue you where it's extremely dangerous. Yeah. And not only am I going to make you uh, come where it's extremely dangerous. I'm going to take you to where you don't understand anything going on. But if your eyes come off of me,
1: Mm -hmm. it's all over,
0: it's all going to end. Yeah. So are you in or are you out? So right now I'm preaching to myself just so you're aware.
1: Yeah. You're (laughs) preaching to me too. So I'm like, okay, Lord, I hear you.
0: (laughs) And we, we have a tendency that we, we hang in tons of places that we feel the most confident and safe, but we don't, Jesus is not safe.
1: No, no. He
0: is a, you know, I love that part in uh, uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yes, I love the statement. I was just
1: thinking statement. about that, too.
0: He is not a safe lion. Yeah.
1: He's not safe. He no, a, he's a lion. He's yeah. not safe, but, but he is good.
0: But he is good. I that, love that. I do, too. <laughs> I love that. And that is the way I think of him. So. My, my question as mm-hmm. we, as we start to come together with this, with you and me coming, coming into alignment with this, uh, what does it look like for us starting to progress forward? Mm-hmm. I mean, is our eyes going to be fixed on him in order yeah. to shift the things that he wants shifted? Mm-hmm. Or is he going to call on somebody else? And I'll take you to another scripture for that. I'll mm-hmm. take you to the book of Acts, uh, chapter nine, mm-hmm. when he calls Ananias and he says, Ananias, I need you to go to a street called straight. Yeah. And you're gonna to go to a man named Saul of Tarsus and he's like, Oh God, mm-hmm. maybe you don't know who this dude is. Dude like goes around clubbing people for no good reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And and what he says is he is waiting for a man named Ananias. He doesn't say he's waiting for you. Mm. Yeah. He, he says he's waiting for a man named Ananias. So here's the deal you have a right to turn it down. Yeah. That means somebody else will take your spot. Do you want to get to heaven to see who took your spot?
1: Yeah. Well, and I also think about Esther. That Ooh, that story it. has been something that has uh, haunted me or guided me. Yeah. I'm not sure which. <laughs> Maybe
0: a little of both. <laughs>
1: yeah, because I always hear the words that Mordecai says to Esther is, you were born for such a time as this, and if you don't help, help for the Jews will arise, but you and your household will perish.
0: Absolutely cuz
1: And every time every time I'm questioning whether or not I should do something to follow the Lord, I always hear that in my head. I always it always comes back to that moment of if you don't do it, someone else will. Right? God God is is going to do what he wants with or without me you know and so i get a i get the choice of joining in with him right and and i'm on the ground level with jesus he's right. like you want to be in on this deal you can be in on the ground but if you don't want to be that's fine i'll go find someone else right you know and it's like do i want that opportunity to pass me by and and he knows i i can't
2: <laughs> because right.
1: he, uh, it's funny because the last time i had the vision about him calling me out on the water He didn't, he wasn't very close. Right. And I was sitting there and I had the, I was looking over the edge of the boat and I could hear, I could just see him and he's standing far away. And I had this thought, he wouldn't stand so far away if he wasn't sure that I would come out to him. Right. You know, I, right. And so it's like, I'm a sucker for Jesus. (laughs) Whatever he asked me to come, I always do, even if I'm (laughs) resistant.
0: Right, right. Well, that that's definitely the way to be. I mean, because one thing that we've always got to do is be. Uh, it's about obedience. Yeah, it truly is. It is, and yeah. you know, and that is even as we go through uh, learning new ways, new learning new things. We cannot, if we're truly going to pursue after him, and I think about him talking to Nicodemus. And I want I want to make sure that everybody's aware that I still am very fully aware that we're still talking about worship. Yeah. Because worship is not music.
1: It's about relationship. It is a
0: relationship. Yeah. Worship is about relationship. It's a
1: relationship. connection exactly. with God. It's knowing him.
0: Absolutely. And so Nicodemus. So, so Nicodemus. So the thing is, is that when he comes to Nicodemus and he says, are you not a teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? The thing is we spend so much time in his word. Are we, are we paying attention to what his word says or we teaching what his word says and then not doing what our the word has called us to do or not understanding yeah. what the word is saying to us? We have to establish within ourselves that we will be obedient to the death yeah. if we are going to be the last church, mm-hmm. if we are going to be the remnant. Are we willing to go to the mat? And like I told you the other day, I said, I have prepared my speech for my death. I need to
1: work on mine. (laughs) Yeah,
0: work on your speech as I work on my speech for my death because I want to preach the gospel until my last breath is drawn in this world and the next breath I take, I will still be preaching and Jesus will be looking me in the face Mm -hmm. saying, I already know the story, but thanks for showing up. Yeah. I want, I, I, there is no reason not to proclaim Christ. And the harder you push towards Jesus, the harder the devil pushes back. Yeah. And the reason, you know, Mark Crawford asked uh, why we call this the barbarian prophet. I said, because I don't want to be a domesticated Christian. Domesticated Christians lead, lead a nice, easy life where they have a good job and they say, the Lord has blessed me and on and on and on. And they never enter into the fracas. We are born into war.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the greatest way that we are, are to move forward in war is through worship, through yeah surrender we we fight completely opposite of what everybody else says jesus says that they slap you on the face turn the other cheek that's a whole different thought process is to where we elevate ourselves into that moment we we elevate ourselves why because we surrender to him so he pulls us up
2: Mm, yeah
0: okay and when we see that elevation come to where people go how can they how can they continue to do this think about the first century church where the more they killed them the greater they grew The more the church grew.
1: And even in, like, you think about um, China.
0: Right now, yeah. And other places that are under
1: horrible persecution. Without a doubt. That the church is strong. Right. And the stories of um, pastors going over there to minister to people, and they taught the word for eight hours. And the people said, oh, you'd go take a rest. We're going to pray while you rest. Mm -hmm. And they just, they hunger and they thirst for for God right, and um i I just was thinking as you we were talking the the more you know him, the more you love him, and the more that you love him, there's nothing you won't do for
0: him, right,
1: and that when you come into worship, you are you are connecting, mm-hmm. and you are. You are loving him. You are just, it is simply an extension. Worship becomes an extension of your, of your infatuation, of your heart to him.
0: That's what it means to truly be the bride.
1: And then in in return, his presence Mm
0: -hmm. is a
1: response to that heart, to that love, and when we come to that place where we, where we know him and we love him, like really love him, there's nothing that can separate
0: us. Amen.
1: You know, Amen. I really believe, like, I'm just having this, I really believe that when Paul was saying that nothing can separate us, not height nor depth, not the things of the earth can separate us from the love of God. It's that connection. Amen. And then all the darkness that tries to steal us away from him has no effect. Right. Because he is just, he's everything. And when he, and when he's everything, nothing else matters.
0: Absolutely. And that's why when we go to spend an hour in church or two hours in church, that it should never be enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine, I cannot imagine people saying, I gorge on the Lord every week, and I'm like, meaning what? You go to church for two hours? Yeah. If you ate all the food you could in a two-hour span, one day a week, how soon until you die? Yeah. If We, we have to spend our time soaking and... Yeah preaching that's why i never give up preaching every day and all the time and my wife will tell you uh well if he's in walmart we know it's going to take an extra couple of hours because he will (laughs) speak to somebody about something so yeah and uh you know i know that the same is true of you you have people to come visit you at your job just to share in the word of the lord and, uh, you know, Carissa, ever since the day I met you, even before I met you, even before I knew what your name was, how about that? Uh, uh. But I knew what your face looked like because your, your husband had shown me a picture and he didn't have dating you in mind at all. He looked, nope. he showed me a picture <laughs> and I said, who's that girl? And he goes, uh, I think her name is Carissa. And I said, oh, okay. So Carissa, Okay, and he goes, Why? I said, Oh no, nothing. So Christy looks at it and she goes, Hmm, pretty girl, yeah. And then when we laid in bed that night, I said, He's gonna marry that girl. She goes, Yes, he is <laughs> And then he had he went to Florida mm-hmm. and he didn't go to Florida after you. No. He, he went to Florida pursuing God. Yeah. And you were there, you lived there, but you are also pursuing God. And I want to point Mm -hmm. this out, is that as both of you pursued God, then what God did is connect you too, because that's what he had in mind. Yeah, definitely. But I'm just going to say this, is that I know that our lives, yours and mine, Christie's, Scott's, and the rest of the tribe. But I'm going to say this for you and me personally, is that I have always known that we are to, meant to do ministry together because your your heart for the Lord takes this really incredible leap of faith all the time, and uh, you pour yourself out, especially when you are worshiping on stage. A person can't help but worship alongside of you because if not, they just get run over by you. <laughs> And on the other end <laughs> is that I I always feel like that we have uh, that we're always listening very tight, and I mean that's actually how our whole tribe has kind of come together. These are all people that listen for Christ and every they're, Holy Spirit. What do you want me to do, Jesus? What are you saying, yeah. Father? What do you need from me? Mm-hmm. I mean, we just don't let anybody in. I mean, let's be honest about it. We don't, yeah. And the reason we don't is because we don't want the white noise.
1: Yeah, we need to have our hearts focused together. Right. Unity, you know.
0: And it think doesn't matter which church we go to because no. that has nothing to do with us.
1: No, not at all.
0: But when we're able to gather together, we're able to to accomplish things. Yeah. And uh, I think there's a lot head we're we're about to hit one of the craziest times uh, in history right yeah. now i i i honestly feel that what we've got going with uh where christ is taking us is uh is a place we never ever dreamt was possible and part of the reason i say that is because it's everybody keeps saying is, are we at the end of the world? It sure looks like the end of the world. And I'm sure people have said that numerous times over history and they all try to calculate it out. But here's a reality. I don't, I don't really care when the world ends because he has a new world and a new heaven Mm -hmm. and are going to be collided together where he dwells and we dwell with him. And the reality is, why should we be concerned with what is happening around us? We need to be concerned with him Mm -hmm. And where he has brought us. Yeah. Because it ain't a matter of we're going to eventually get there. It's that we should be living in it right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I truly believe that we are fortunate that we're around people. You and me are around people that are all on board with that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Do you think it would be okay if we we end this by worshiping?
0: I do. (laughs) It depends on what the song is so I don't get sued.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I'm re- you sing. Okay, I- I'm I will. listening.
1: <laughs> all right,
0: <laughs> I'm holding my hands up, just so we're all aware. So let's do it, Carissa. Yeah.
1: I just there's a, there's a song um, that I just really love, and I I feel like we should sing it. It's called Holy and
2: Anointed.
0: Okay, let's hear it.
2: Okay, Jesus. Jesus, holy and anointed one. Jesus, your name is like honey on my lips. Your spirit is like water. To my soul Your word is a lamp Unto my feet Oh Jesus, I love you I love you Jesus Jesus Jesus, your name is like honey on my lips. Your spirit is like water to my soul. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Oh, Jesus, I love you. I love you. Oh, Jesus, I love you. I love you. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. Jesus, we love you, we love you, we love you. Jesus, we love you, we love you, we love you. Jesus, we love you, we love you, we love you. Your name is like honey. On my lips, your spirit's like water to my soul. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Jesus, I love you. I love you. Oh, spirit, we love you you. We love you. Oh, Father, we love you. We love you. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love Jesus, we love you, we love you, we love you. Jesus, we love you, we love you, we love you. Jesus, we love you, we love you, we love you. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit
1: wants to release over you the The love of God. That you would just feel it pour over you right now as you listen. That it would fill your heart. That your heart would be filled with joy. And you would be filled with reassurance. That not only is Papa there holding you with his his arms stretched out ready to receive you, not only is Holy Spirit wrapped around you like a like a blanket or like a a warm coat but jesus is waiting as the bridegroom at the end of the aisle waiting for you and he is so i just feel an excitement and uh and a, a release You are allowed to be the the part of the body that you are called to be. You are allowed to be a part of the Bride of Christ. And you are not only allowed to be a part, you are allowed to love your Savior, Savior passionately and affectionately. You are released to be worshipers that seek not the hand of God, but seek His heart. Seek his face, just to gaze on him and to know him intimately, to experience the love of God in a way that you have yet to experience. I release you in the name of Jesus to be the bride, to be the remnant, to come to him, drawn by his heart, wooed by his spirit, held in his love. I release you to be
2: the bride.
0: Amen.